This week has been a very interesting week, and we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about some contentious topics and some animal wildlife and more. I'm here with my co-host, David Figler. Hey, Figler. Hey. <laughs> and my lead producer, Sonia Cho Swanson. Hi, Sonia. Hello, hello. Yay, team <laughs> chat. Woo. We're talking about a major sale from the estate of Tony Shea. Uh, why Vegas always ends up on these weird ranking lists, and also why Nevada keeps killing mountain lions. What's up with that? It's Friday, December 9th, 2022. I'm Vogue Robinson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. All right, y'all, let's get into it. The infamous, <laughs> we're going to call it infamous, the notorious, <laughs> the one, the only, the millionaire. Let's talk about Tony Shea because his name is back in the news. Why? Yeah, so the estate of Tony Shea just released a, a press release this week stating that they were actually going to sell some of his downtown properties. We don't mm. know how many just yet. They didn't mm. state how many. But Tony did acquire more than 100 properties around the city, um, including, as you know, the Container Park, Ferguson's, a lot of iconic now hub-like businesses in, in the downtown area. Mm. Um, and it sounds like DTP uh, companies, so formerly known as the Downtown Project, Sounds like they need an investment of capital. So that that kind of makes me wonder to what degree DTP companies is actually profitable. But so far they're saying that all those DTP companies projects are going to keep running and uh, they want new people to continue Tony's vision downtown, accelerate momentum is what they said. So how do we feel about the presence of all the DTP companies projects downtown? I don't know. It's... That vision that he had of revitalizing downtown, I feel like in some ways it it definitely changed the way that people perceive downtown. When I first moved out here, my sister was like, why are you downtown? You need to get out of there. Right. And I was like, no, right. there's an open mic. I'm going to go to this poetry <laughs> thing. She's like, yeah, text me when you get there. Text me when you get in your car. Text me when you're driving away. And the vibe definitely changed. And in some ways it's for the better. And it does feel safer in a way or more people are more inclined to go. Um, but I know there's other sides of the coin as well. But I know some businesses like would not exist if not for the amount of money that, that Tony invested into their company. And, and now they're thriving, but they just needed that that lump sum of cash, which, which feels like life. Sometimes you need a lump sum, like little by little is not going to get you mm. where you need to go. Mm -hmm. You need a large amount of cash to start a company mm -hmm. often. I know other people have, have different perspectives, especially those of us who live in the downtown area. So, David, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and I have lots of thoughts, and I've been criticized and trolled for lots of my thoughts and misunderstood on some of those thoughts. But here are those thoughts. <laughs> I've lived downtown essentially my whole life, and I was there before the downtown project projects began, and I'm still here after most of them have failed. I don't disagree. You want a badge of honor. Well, you know, I don't disagree that it, it brought a palpable energy. Uh, I take issue with the word invest sometimes. Uh, yes, many companies and businesses were invested in. Most of those do not exist uh, today. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the iconic 
two plots, the Container Park and Ferguson. They're complicated mm-hmm. projects with regard to their profitability, their contribution to the community, but they do exist. Um, you're, you make comments about people's perception of the downtown area. I think a lot of that perception was built on sort of old stereotypes and some dare I say, um, classist attitudes towards uh, impoverished areas. Uh, I think you probably saw a very different downtown than what you were led to believe when you went down to Emergency Arts in the Beat, right? So, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and so perception versus reality versus mythology, um, these are all parts of the, you know, the, 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 the Las Vegas quilt, <laughs> if you will. Yes, the tapestry. The tapestry, great word. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I have my definite viewpoint of the good, the bad, and sometimes the downright ugly. But I think when we talk about some of the, the projects that happen, it's almost like you can't criticize it. Like, And it was being criticized in, in real time. I mean, as far as an injection of someone's worldview of reality which was very, you know, kind of utopic, Burning Man, unrealistic, uh, inspired in a lot of ways for, you know, an mm-hmm. actual city where people live and breathe and work and play, et cetera. Um, there were some real significant problems, and we're seeing those right now, and a lot of those have to do with the fact that his companies bought up very quietly, like, well over 100, maybe hundreds of parcels downtown. And they've never been transparent, nor do they have to be because, you know, they're private, right? But the bottom line is that, you know, a lot of businesses were pushed out, a lot of people were pushed out, uh, and a lot of those parcels, in fact, virtually all those parcels, remained undeveloped for a decade. If you go downtown and you see all the motels that he bought, they all have fences around them. And, you know, nothing came. And I think they were trying to encourage people to follow suit, but they didn't. So, you know, look, at the end of the day, as I'm often fond of saying, no one knows what would have been modern day downtown Las Vegas or East Fremont if they had done slow, thoughtful, you know, more modest growth than a giant injection of activity uh, right at the front end, which definitely changed perspective and, and created this great energy that a lot of people did build off of. Um, but, you know, sometimes uh, you live fast, you burn out. And that might be the metaphor both for East uh, Fremont and, unfortunately, Tony Shea's life uh, itself, because there was a lot of complications there, too. Right. I'm looking through the list of, of the different companies that still exist. Uh, and like, so like Gold Spike was a bar AJ used to work at and used to host like a pub quiz at Container Park. We go to pretty, you know, we try to go there regularly. Do you, do you still go? Like, when did we go? We went because we had two stores we were specifically going to. And I want to take the girls because that big old like children's area right. <laughs> oh, yeah. in the middle. Very cool. We've never taken the nieces there. And I have no idea Nothing why. like East Fremont for the kids though, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> So I think that's that's what's nice. I think our town doesn't have very much to serve children. Like we have our big old parks, but what else do we have? And I like that it's like tucked in the middle of like <laughs> the hot mess of downtown and like, look, a big old playground in the middle of it. I kind of love that. I know. So cool. And yet, you know, talk to a lot of the businesses that have come and gone and there have been well over 100 in that space in mm-hmm. a short period of time. They don't have favorable dealings with that company. So 
do we have that conversation? Do we talk about that? Or do we just kind of keep elevating the myth that there was this brilliant vision, that it changed everything, that downtown was a hellscape until he showed up, despite the fact that there were, I could list 30 new businesses and different people who were building things and businesses and you know, injecting their own energies into the downtown area before Tony uh, Shea started coming down and enjoying Fernet's at Downtown Cocktail Room and Espresso's over at The Beat. I think it'll be interesting to see who they sell to. If they prioritize out-of-state developers who are coming in and building those, like, you know, smash burgers or those urban outfitters urban outfitters (laughs) or so forth right or if they're going to sell back to people who are local in the community who are trying to build some of the same things they're trying to build before so Mm. that remains to be seen or donate those buildings to like good things that the downtown area needs to thrive well that that would sort of obviate the point of the whole injection of capital But, you know, look, we could have an entire episode talking about, like, the impact of the downtown project, good and bad. But sometimes it's hard to talk about somebody, especially after they've passed. So, you know, no disrespect to Tony. I I think his intentions were good. And I think the execution was something that deserves further discourse. Yeah. I think that that's definitely the parallel is the intention versus the actual impact. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. Okay, let's shift gears, y'all. Uh, David and I got a weird email. Yeah, we did. We get lots of weird emails now that CityCast <laughs> Las Vegas is a thing thing, huh? A thing right. thing. <laughs> so, David, you want to tell them about this this city ranking weird email that we got? Tell them what happened. Yeah, you know, I'm just minding my own business with my CityCast email, and all of a sudden it's like, good morning, David. And so I respond, good morning, random email from marketing person. Congratulations are in order. Vegas ranks number 21 in this year's just-released 2023 World's Best Cities Reports. It's like, woo, we're 21. Yay, not 50. Yay. So, you know, as I oft do, I clicked on the link. link. They're kind of a (laughs) consulting firm of some sort for cities and, and creating bigger projects and areas. So they have some motivation for putting that out. But look, we get these lists all the time like the good mm-hmm. list the bad list the weird list i have just like a couple of days before i got this email i think it was like wallet hub they're like las vegas tops the list of most sinful cities 
And so I had more fun on that website Duh. kind of understanding why we rank so high <laughs> other than, you know, what, it's in the brand. Yeah. You know, other than the perception versus the reality versus the mythology. Okay, so obviously gambling is going to be like one of the the bigger metrics on that. But guess what the other metrics that kind of put us over the top were? Do you guys have guesses? Um, is it um, sunshine days of year days of the year where we have sunshine? No, this is a sinful one. So actually, oh, the sinful. Yeah, you're on the right track, but go go the weird Drink opposite direction. Number of bars. No, no, I want to go off uh, of what Sonia just said. So nightlife. What would you What would you not expect? What would be sinful in a city that has so much sunshine like we have? Not wearing sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sinful. That would be stupid. Uh, That's a sin for Sonia. That just tells you who Sonia is as a person. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to lay it out. We have the highest number of tanning booths per oh. capita, which goes to vanity. That That's was how so we dumb. registered so on the vanity funny. register. See, here I was thinking about skin cancer. <laughs> yeah, well, right. you know, Look where, uh, you know <laughs> six of one, half dozen of another. I noticed that a couple days ago. Like, there is a tanning salon in, like, almost every little plaza I drive past. And I'm like, why are y'all, we're still doing this? We're still sun tanning? Ugh, I didn't, no I, I just people. thought by now the data we have on skin cancer, it would just be a no. Right? It was just and, so funny. You know. And so, you know, we didn't actually rank on some of the other metrics very high, but with the, between the casinos, the adult uh, dancing establishments, <laughs> i.e. strip clubs and such, uh, and the tanning salons, we like blew the competition away as far as our sin quotient. Uh, <laughs> well, that was a fun one. I mean, like, Who's behind these lists and why? Like, just I think as a journalist, you get so many of these like PR emails, and it's a essentially a marketing tool, right? Because they know that news outlets are going to snap these up for their little localities and say like, "Look, we're ranked this on this list," or it's just really fun clickbait. I'm not gonna lie, I click that. I sure. click that all the time. Sure. But like you said, David, it's like the nerd wallet or the wallet hub or that consultancy that's behind this other like city ranking. A lot of these are essentially advertising for various companies who want you to come to their website. Now, some of them, like, I don't know, health institutions or like mm. think tanks that study homelessness oh, actually yeah, put that's out a whole rankings different that thing. are like academic in nature. Very different. Yeah. But there's some pretty frivolous, fun ones. Like I saw one, um, this is actually from like a while back, like close to 10 years ago, but GQ put out a list of the worst dressed cities. Guess where Las <laughs> Vegas ranks? Uh, right in the middle, because we're pretty fashionable sometimes. Hey, 13. It was okay, 13. pretty high. Yeah. Other list of 40. So, okay, you know. Okay, yeah. Upper third. Not too shabby. Of worst not dressed, though. So. Yeah, well, not too shabby. Right, exactly. <laughs> Literally. Or it is too shabby. Yeah. And then Wallet Hub, the aforementioned Wallet Hub, has this list of best places to retire. And uh, Las Vegas ranks 18 out of 182. Not surprising there. I remember one, maybe, oh, I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was one of those thrillists. And thrillists are, you know, notorious for their listicles. But it was like 11 angriest American cities. <laughs> and Las Vegas was. I, I think we were the angriest city. <laughs> That's so just, funny. It's the driving. You know who? I think they probably tapped into like all the drivers that um, City Nerd was talking about on the podcast this week. You know, just all that anger, right. all that anger and rudeness. We were also right. on the top of the rude cities, too, on another one. So those lists are goofy. Well, we won the, the cursing one, too, right? Yes. Oh, that's right. 
Like we curse the most, according to one of the lists. I think Scott mentioned it in the uh, in the newsletter. Yeah, that newsletter will always highlight all the crazy ass lists that we're on, and I love that part of our newsletter too. We embrace it, man. We embrace it. No one takes offense. So the interesting one, I'm like the one that's not as weird or wacky, but I found interesting. Forbes put out a list this February that said that okay, there's 15 of the safest like large cities in the United States with population over 300,000. So Vegas is 14th safest, uh, which I was like, huh. I feel like we're always talking about how crime is up, but... That's just during the elections. Forbes... (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Forbes says we're safe, damn it. So... (laughs) Uh, I'll take it. I'll take a positive note. Honestly, yeah. Because we always end up on the negative ones. Right, right. I guess it's sort of interesting. I think cities that are more car-centric when you don't have as much like person-to-person interaction on the street tend to have some of that, tend to have less of that interpersonal friction, right? Um, but I do wonder if they're taking into account like sort of traffic accidents, which happen in more car-centric cities like ours. So what do you think it means, Vogue, that we just show up on all these lists? Uh, I think if we're going to be on lists, then I want us to start showing up on the food lists way high at the top where we belong. Thank yes. you. Yes. You know, sometimes I think that they just put Vegas in the list just because they know people want to see why. Like, we are so interesting. Mm -hmm. And yet, yeah, Mm -hmm. food. Come on, y'all. Hey, New York Times, when you settle the strike, like, maybe recalibrate how you assess good food in this country. Well, come to Vegas. We'll show you a good time. That's what we'll say. (laughs) Oh, but you know what? We don't show good times. We don't show animals good times, you guys. Oh, Vegas. So yet uh, another mountain lion wandered into suburban Las Vegas. That's what we're going to call it. (laughs) And um, so the Nevada Department of Wildlife um, says that they euthanized it. I feel like the news was like slow and steady about what was happening. And they were like, oh, we captured it and we tranquilized it and we were able to remove it from the premises. I thought they would like re-release it out into the wild because Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what I do with spiders sometimes. So (laughs) why, why wouldn't you guys do that with the mountain lion? Like put it back in the wild where it belongs. But no, they euthanized it and they said that it was because it would not leave the residential area after being hazed by officials. And I don't know what hazing means. Like, I don't know if they just like (laughs) shook sticks at it or what. I I think there's just sort of this common approach now that once they're in the populated areas for too long, then they're not so afraid of it or they're kind of Mm -hmm. accustomed to it. So there's a likelihood Mm -hmm. that they might come back. That at least is how I perceive the justification for the euthanization. Right, that's their argument. Yeah, that a lot of people are very still upset about. Mm -hmm. Okay, so KTNV got the video of the mountain lion and he was like wandering, he, she, I don't know what their gender is. The mountain lion was wandering around Grand Canyon and Grand Teton on Tuesday. And so somebody caught the wildcat on camera, they called the cops, so it was like a whole big thing. And I don't know, I think the mountain lion is like, I'm just trying to get some food and live my life and you're technically on my property. Uh, Like you're on land that I could normally roam. So I feel like as we continue to to keep growing and expanding our city, I think we should come back in and look at the interior empty parcels, cough, cough, in downtown maybe, (laughs) and build there as opposed to continue building out further into the wilderness because our wildlife is, is those are some survivors. I feel like we shouldn't mess with them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I'm sad that the mountain lion got euthanized. What I thought was really interesting about this was the reading about this was that mountain lion sightings have increased over the last couple of years, last few years. And so some accounts say it's probably because we're, you know, growing further out into the desert, as you mentioned, Vogue. 
Another reason possibly is that more people are installing like those ring cameras, those home security cameras. So we're just seeing them more when we wouldn't have seen them in the first place. Mm. But a third and kind of more sad reason is that there's been a drought these last few years. So Mm. there's just less vegetation, which means less small mammals, which means less medium-sized mammals, which means less food for these apex predators at the top of the food chain. And you get these really hungry, emaciated, big cats coming down off the mountain. Um, I think even in May, we saw a a mountain lion come as far inland as like, I want to say it was like Flamingo and like Jones or something. It was pretty far inland, like in Spring Valley. I mean, we get reports, and I don't know if they're, you know, Bigfoot level, but of coyotes all the time in downtown. Wow. And then people wow. are just like freaked out about, you know, the the safety of their dogs, especially small dogs. And I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Sonia, we 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 built in <laughs> in an area where this happens. And as you said, Vogue, you know, this is their this is their land <laughs> and we're they got some <laughs> they got some beef uh, with us. Uh, so, you know, maybe we need to be a little bit nicer to kind of squash it in a more, as they say, humane way. Hmm. Do you guys think that mountain lions are really a danger to humans or is it the other way around and we're more of a danger to them? I think they're a danger to our pets. I mean, mm-hmm. they certainly have a history of going after small dogs and and cats. Um, I think Layla told us that the mountain lion that just got killed up in um, Centennial this week had actually killed a cat. And so mm-hmm. maybe that was part of the justification for euthanizing it. And I have read accounts that mountain lions do come after sometimes small children. So the mountain lions that are kind of pushed out of their normal range tend to be younger, kind of smaller cats who are a little hungrier maybe because they um, can't establish dominance in their in their territory. So they tend to go after smaller prey, according to the news reports I've read. I'm here for all this science, like it's <laughs> apex predator. It's got... <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time. I mean, uh, there have been other mountain lion sightings and like I said, coyotes and other wildlife um, all over the valley. I don't know that we have a comprehensive plan that would make almost everybody more happy, but you know, take mm-hmm. a look at social media or whatever. People are really upset about the loss of, of this particular mountain lion and probably most wildlife. AJ and I, my husband, my spouse, we live pretty much on the edge of town in North Las Vegas, so we haven't seen anything yet, but all of the homes have ring lights, so I'm sure at some point it's going to happen. The most we have are like grasshoppers and crickets, <laughs> and I really, I'm like sad about killing the crickets, you guys. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, I don't want them to go. This used to be dirt. Um, but I, it, we have to be realistic about it. And so I think for me, I think about, okay, well, if we have so many mountain lions, like should, should Vegas be thinking about creating a mountain lion rescue and like designating some area mm. Um, and protecting that area and land so that those animals can live freely. But maybe we do need ugh, ugh, a fence <laughs> for, just to make sure that they stay where they're where where we need them to stay, so we can kind of semi peacefully coexist. But I want you know I don't know what do you all think you would want the next steps to be. You know we talk a lot and we've talked about it on the podcast the sort of like disconnect between the urban areas and the rural areas throughout Nevada and there are so many rural areas and I I wonder what they do. They might have a better approach of living more harmonious with the the wildlife around them. I I think those conversations are probably happening. They're just not apparent to us and it would be interesting to see what has been discussed and what can be discussed. So I would say yes and no. Um, So Nevada has a predator management plan 
which allows people to kill a certain number of these predators like mountain lions, coyotes, and even ravens, anything that could be a threat to agribusiness. And that was the, yes, that is the rationale for these mass I'm killings. I'm my chest about the ravens, you guys, because I'm just, you know, my Edgar Allan Poe love. I know. <laughs> like, never, more, never more, never more, says sorry, <laughs> But in the rural areas, they have, you know, this, they have cattle, they have sheep, they have, I'm sure, grain or alfalfa that they need to protect from the ravens. So... There is more of a rationale, I think, to kill threats to those agribusiness products um, that oh, might. So you think the rules are even more harsh? <laughs> I would. That's my guess. That's my guess. Is, is but I don't You're know. Probably right. I think You're probably right. If if someone if, if it's someone a is, if someone is listening who's out there in the rules and and you know Anne Kellogg and Ely, let us know what people <laughs> do. Out. Yeah, David's friend Anne. Let us know what what how how they approach a mountain lion who wanders into town. But my sense is that might have a um, I don't want to say justification but maybe a, a business rationale for doing that. When it comes to like the suburban neighborhoods though, man, I'm with you, Vogue. Like was killing really the necessary step here? Like if this animal had to die, if this animal had to die, at the very least, could we not create some sort of preserve or, you know, for the animals that come off the mountain and get really familiar with humans and seem to just be repeat offenders, I guess, of wandering <laughs> into town. Right. Let's just create a preserve for them. Yeah, are there some large cat vets who could like tag them and and be a real National Geographic moment for Las Vegas? There we go. Yeah, because I mean they're they're coming down because they're hungry. So let's give them a space where we can at least feed them. But that's that's just my thought. I think ultimately what this points to is like our very problematic relationship with nature and wild, and how we don't really have truly wild places left. And we have to sort of manage it, right? We're constantly managing things to keep them wild. We're tagging animals and tracking them. We're having to like call certain populations. Like what 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 is left of what's actually truly wild here? And that's my big question. Mm. Keep Vegas wild. <laughs> right. All right. So, yes, keeping Vegas wild. We're also going to keep our weekends wild. Uh, (laughs) How are we turning up this weekend, y'all? Sonia, what are your plans? Oh, well, I'm invited to the hottest party in town this weekend. It is the CCLV CityCast Las Vegas holiday party. Oh, that's what's up. Uh It's at my house. That's at your house. How am I first hearing about this right now? (laughs) Oh, whoops. Sorry, David. Did we lose your invitation? Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, yes, and we've got a white elephant gift turning up uh, with uh, some Costco goods. Bogan and I are going to Costco yeah. this weekend. Costco trip. Yeah. Costco trip. And then we're going to have some karaoke. AJ has uh, figured out how to connect a mixer to the laptop, hey. to the TV, to the mic stand situation. So we will have That's optional right. karaoke. Wait, do you have a go-to, uh, folk? Karaoke song? Uh, go-to song. Um, I tend, I lean into Amy Winehouse. Like I have oh. kind of a similar <laughs> range sometimes. Ooh. It just depends on the song. But yeah, there's at least two Amy Winehouse songs that I can hit. Nice. So that's the game plan. Right. I'm going to subject you guys to my Spice Girls repertoire. I apologize in advance. <laughs> uh, I'm here for it. Okay. I, I don't remember all the dances, but I can do some hand movements behind you. David, what are you singing on karaoke? I'm just going to do Billy Joel. I think it's the only Ooh. safe space I could do Billy Joel. If if I'm in a bar and I do Billy Joel, it, it could go either way. But I feel <laughs> with you guys, it's okay. Cool. Yes. You know, Good. I may be yes. right. Yeah. Safe space <laughs> for Billy Joel. We got you. 
I have multiple holiday parties on the same day. So like Woo. early in the day, I'll be at left of center and we'll do our end of year holiday gathering. Uh, and so that will probably be like uh, a bunch of soul food. And I know that uh, Harold Bradford's going to make jambalaya. So oh. uh, I will try to bring y'all a bowl. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Who knows how much he's going to make. So that's going to be fun. And then come home, handle stuff for this party. Uh, and then Sunday, I have a my first like art slash poetry show. So Yay. it's called. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. scary, you guys. <laughs> it's called Alchemy of Self. So it's like me. I don't know. Allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> I'm a multidisciplinary artist. So it's the combo of I'll read poems. So it goes from. 4 to 6 p.m. at Girl Code Nails, which is off of like Russell and Rainbow. So it's opposite direction of town for me. But super duper cool owner. She wants to support local artists. And she let me hang my art. And she was like, do you want to do a poetry show in here too? And I was like, yes. Ma'am, stop giving me all the space. Why are you so nice and kind? But I'm trying to lean into people being nice to me. I love so this. I said yes. Vogue Robinson, yes. queen of all discipline. No, <laughs> all the things. queen. But, you know, person who does it. <laughs> All right, listeners, show up. Girl Code Nails on Sunday. House. Sunday, yeah. It's poetry. Sunday. It's pot. It's painting. Four she got all the P's covered. Yes. That's right. They're going to do nail, like they're going to do nail art designs based on oh. my art, too. Oh, what? my God. So. I love it. Oh. I love it. Okay, so we'll drop the link in the show notes, that info in the show notes. Thanks. Yes. I appreciate yeah. it, guys. Figler, what else are you doing with your wild weekend? I think this weekend is a celebration anniversary of Vegas Test Kitchen, which is kind of a oh, cool, nice. rotating, semi-pop-up, maybe ghost kitchen, maybe not-so-ghosty place downtown that has really good food and lots of different chefs have kind of shuffled through doing their thing. And they're doing a big celebration this week. And then also one of their graduates, if you will, uh, Yukon Pizza, uh, is celebrating mm-hmm. their own brick and mortar opening over in the Huntridge area. So Yay. I'm going to go check that out. So I, nice. it might be a little more food oriented, uh, especially if I get some of that jambalaya. I'm going to get some Yukon pizza. I'm going to go uh, enjoy the many, many different offerings over at uh, at Vegas Test Kitchen. Uh, I'm going to be yeah. fed this weekend, y'all. That's what this is all about. <laughs> yeah. I support that. Season. So good. Well, good. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing y'all this weekend. And uh, it's always good to talk with you in person or through the podcast. So thank you, Sonia. Thank you, David. Thanks, Vogue. Thanks, Vogue. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our producers are Sonia Cho Swanson, Layla Muhammad, and Lizzie Goldsmith. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and our hosts are David Figler and me, Vogue Robinson. Music is by OG Moose and All the Kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the Nuwuvi, the Southern Paiute people. Did you enjoy this episode? I know you did. So go tell a friend. Actually, go tell the most famous person you know in Las Vegas. Major props if you send the podcast to Nicolas Cage. Go ahead and rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care. Nice. All right, shall we hit stop? Um, and in the immortal words of Billy Joel... Only you can only you can fill that in. <laughs> we didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs>
who are a dork. <laughs> we just talk about it. I know. Aboga and I were just like, uh, nope. what? What words of Billy happen. Joel? I, like, I know one Billy Joel song, maybe. I know. Layla <laughs> says that could have gone so many places. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, you need. If Layla was on, she could have filled in that yeah. blank. She's our actual right, Billy Joel fan over here. <laughs> oh, oh, only the good die young. That's a good quote, Layla. Shout out to the mm. mountain lion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aww. That's right.